All right, all right. Welcome to Drop Pass Podcast, you beauty. 27th episode underway and boy, oh boy, do I have a doozy for you this time around. It's been a long time coming, but now I can finally announce the fact that we are going to have the first guest of this podcast with us in just a few. We are less than a week away from Christmas, so hopefully you've sent your lists to the North Pole and wish that we can finally break out of this global curse, because it's starting to get really old, if you ask me. Most likely, the NHL players won't be participating in the Olympics next year. Shocker. And if I had to guess, some special arrangements have to be in place in order to orchestrate the U-20s in just a couple of weeks. Hopefully this episode will bring a fresh breeze to the ordinary content and you will enjoy it as much as we did during the recording of this specific episode. I'm sure that you will sense the feeling from this one-on-one discussion with our guest and I must say that while it was by far my favorite episode to make, it took a lot of work to plan and edit so Hopefully you guys show some love for it and leave feedback if this is what you want to see in the future as well. We could have gone for hours upon hours, but unfortunately time was the limiting factor here. So we had to cut a bit short this time around, but I'm more than sure that we will have this ranger back in the podcast at some point. It has been quite hard to keep this thing from leaking since it has been in the making for the last month but hopefully this will serve as a taster for what's to come in the future. But I won't hold up this longer than I have to since I'm extremely pumped to bring you this exact interview. So without further ado, let's get going. Let's begin this rodeo. As a background, I've known this guy since my high school days and some of you might even know him from way back when he used to clown with teams in the Finnish junior levels. He has played over 200 professional games in three different nations, scored 29 goals and added 36 assists through his young career. Is that good? Add to that one goal in seven caps for the Finnish national team, not a big deal. 300,000 market value, and the fact that he was one of the key players when Coops grabbed their sixth national championship in 2019. Fun fact about this guy is that he doesn't have a preferred foot for some odd reason. He laughs more than Kimmo Timonen and is built like a Greek god, powered by Bugatti Chiron's engine. He's a diehard New Jersey Devils fan and is one of the nicest and most humble guys I've ever had a chance to get to know. It's a pleasure to welcome the first guest of this podcast from Dundee, Scotland, Ilmari Immi Niskanen. How's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going well, and thank you so much for inviting me here. It's uh, absolutely brilliant honor to be, be a guest in your great podcast. And uh, yeah, this is not the fate. Paid commercial for sure. It's uh, I've listened basically every episode so far and really, really enjoyed it. But yeah, it's going going really well. 
posted uh, things in there in uh, in Kopio. It's pretty cool to be honest. Like minus sixteen degrees outside and freezing my balls out there. So yeah, definitely. So here the season is uh, well underway, and I think around sixteen games being played, and soon uh, is a really busy holiday period. So we will play on. A traditional Boxing Day match, twenty uh, sixth of of December, and that's it's gonna be weird for me because uh, usually always uh, Christmas Eve eating so much ham and back home in Finland, and now of course need to spend the Christmas in here. But luckily, I I will get my girlfriend here to stay over with me, so that's that's great. And yeah, yeah, that's nice. Do you expect to have like a traditional Christmas Eve? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So we will do some of the Finnish foods, but of course it's gonna be a little bit different because uh, most likely it's not gonna be any Christmas sauna, and mm-hmm. then we will have training in the Christmas Eve morning, and then also training in the Christmas day. Okay. So cannot cannot really eat as as much as as usually. So I I love Christmas more than anything, and uh, especially the Christmas food is the best moment of the whole year. So now yeah. it's gonna be slightly different for sure. Same here. Have you already bought all the gifts? Yeah, I do. But uh, some of uh, I, w- I will buy from uh, London, and uh, my girlfriend she will come come over on uh, December fifteenth, and then we'll we will spend the weekend after that in London before the Christmas. And so I will buy some gifts definitely from London. And uh, me and my girlfriend we are both uh, quite big Harry Potter fans, so we'll go to Harry Potter World in there. Mm-hmm. I definitely gonna buy some gifts uh, to my family from there. Are you a Harry Potter geek? Oh yeah, I have to say <laughs> <laughs> a big one. And I have to add that uh, those presents ain't going to be cheap. I'm gonna tell you that from the Harrods and stuff. So, pre-prepared, oh, no, no. my friend. <laughs> but yeah, it's an absolute pleasure, man. Um, first of all, for all the people who don't know you, um, tell a bit about your background. Like, you don't have to include your whole story, but pretty much the main bits and pieces that you seem fit. Yeah, sure. So I'm a 24-year-old guy from Kyrovesi, Finland, and uh, I have loved football throughout my whole life and dedicated basically all my life to to football. And I started playing when I was uh, around five years old. So my father was a football player, not in a, like any professional level, but but he used to play for fun and coach for fun as well. So he got me into the sport and Then he also coached me throughout my my childhood years and basically coaches me even still. So we chat after basically every training and especially after every, every game and go through the details. So he's uh, of course I listen to our coach, but uh, he's like the main main guy who I who I listen in football wise. And yeah, then when I was 15, actually turning 16, so then I moved to Kuopio and uh, to Kups, played there for. Seven seasons and won uh, Finnish Championship 2019, and then uh, three other medals as well. <laughs> and then uh, 2020, I had a really good start for the season. Uh, 30 league games, I scored six times, and then got to debut on the national team. And after that, was being transferred to Germany to Ingolstadt, and spent the one year in there. Didn't go so well, but then uh, last August, I got another transfer here to. Scotland and to Dundee United and now everything is great in here in Scotland. I love the Scottish way of football and uh, people are just so passionate. It's like the basically the only thing what people have in here. It's a football culture place. 
only thing that yeah, matters. That's just, that's just indeed, indeed. Yeah. Does your dad still give you tips on how to play, or has oh, it faded out? Definitely still gives me tips. And uh, yeah, when uh, when I was younger, he was a quite harsh coach, actually. So sometimes after training, I might have cried a bit because he was uh, shouting uh, quite much. But nowadays, the coaching relationship is uh, really good, and uh, we think about about the football really much the same way. So mm-hmm. of course, I know when I played well, but then also. Also, my dad thinks the same way, and then we both know after I haven't played so well. But of course, it's always a bit different when you have played. You maybe don't know everything after a game, what you have done well or what you have could have done better. So then yeah. it's uh, great to great to speak with my father about it because he has watched the game and because he understands about football a lot. So I I got some new perspective also from the game. Okay, does your play style stem from his or? Is it just a unique for you? Yeah, I would say it's just a unique for me. So we trained a lot when I was younger. So it's just like the two of us, or many times also my sister was was with us training. So shooting with both legs, crossing, stuff like that, like mm. positional work. But yeah, I would say it's mainly still my own unique uh, playing style because uh, I was quite fast when I was younger, but I definitely wasn't strong. But mm-hmm. nowadays I'm uh, like really dynamic, uh, fast and strong. So yeah. that also affects to my playing style. So I love to push the defenders away, run past them, which I couldn't do when I was younger. So that's like something which I've developed throughout my years. Yeah, that is for sure noticeable from your game. Um, well, we kind of covered that topic already, but how did you end up choosing football? And what other sports did you play when you were a kid? Because I know you got talents in other sports as well. Yeah, so as I said, I I have dedicated basically all my life to football and it has been my passion uh, from the very beginning. But I also played ice hockey for, for six years. So I started ice hockey when I was six and I loved ice hockey as well. We had a really great bunch of guys in Kiruvesi and... Uh, was a lot of fun and then I also I did some track and field so sprinting and, and long jumping and won some medals also from there and uh, I've had actually a running coach since I was 10 yeah so we we put a lot of effort into my physical side already already back then and it was always a really clear decision to choose football and uh, even before every ice hockey training I I did footballing skills and uh, did the warm-up with uh, with football so with tripling and, and stuff like that. So even though it was ice hockey training, I, I still focus also on football. Yeah. But yeah, then uh, when I was 12, I, I made the final decision to drop out ice hockey, but that wasn't like any any hard decision because no. I've always knew that, that I will dedicate everything to football. Yeah, well, that has come to fruition pretty well. So at least I ain't complaining. Um, with that background information, I want to jump straight to year 2019, which was hugely successful year for yourself as well as for the whole team. So what kind of experience was that to win the Finnish championship and especially so close to home? Yeah, I have to say it was the best moment of my life so far. So the winning after the final whistle was something so unique, so special and uh, the whole season and especially the second part of the season was something so amazing. I had actually a really rough start to, to the season personally. So 
I didn't score until it was uh, July. So I think around 13 games, no goals, even though I played mm-hmm. played every single game. So like, I felt a lot of pressure before every game. Yeah. But when, then we had a game against uh, Honka. I started the game really well and we, we were leading 1-0, got to the second half and I got the ball on the left side, drifted in with the ball and a beautiful girl shot to the back corner and I totally lost my mind when celebrating that goal and I don't love anything more than celebrating goal in front of our fans. So that was like so unbelievably beautiful moment and after that it was like amazing season for me and uh, for the whole team and the last maybe 11 games we didn't lost a single game, so unbelievable season. And then the, the final game was in Turku against uh, Inter Turku, and both teams still had a chance to win the, win the title. We were two points ahead of them, so a draw would have been enough for us also, but we played so well during that during that day. And uh, Who did end up scoring the game-winning goal? Oh, oh that's a beautiful question. <laughs> 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 that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was the best moment of my life so far. So six minutes to the second half of play, and uh, the game was still nil-nil. And uh, I got the ball to the, to the right side and then tried to cross. Defender was able to block that cross. Ball came back to me. Then one touch to my left foot, and somehow the most perfect shot in the whole world happened to happen, and it curled so beautifully into the back corner. And uh, it's a post and I think also the crossbar. So it was like perfect place shot. And yeah, it was an unbelievable moment. I took off my shirt when celebrating. Your signature so move. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> but I, I also have to say, it's the, for me, it's the best celebration day since the source uh, passion what the player, player has. And um, yeah, I don't know why it's uh, all, always punished as a yellow card because there's, for me, it's nothing wrong with that. That kind of celebration, but yeah, after after my goal, then uh, it was only three minutes later. Ruben Ayer, our midfielder, scored another scream, and then we were leading leading two zero. But uh, still, I I was like so not nervous, but still uh, in a game, so I mm-hmm. couldn't let myself celebrate too early. So then I was just checking the clock all the time, and it was moving so so slowly. And uh, but then it finally went to the ninety minutes, and I think it was three. Additional minute after that, and then finally came the final whistle, and just a superb moment. Something so beautiful, and that feeling also lasted, I, I think, around one month. So yeah. so special for me, for the whole team, for the fans, and for the whole city also, because that was first, Oops, first title after forty-three years. Yeah, so it was a long, long time. Twenty-first century, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, and and still is the best moment of my life. But I I know that. Uh, Something more special will come in in the future, but yeah, for yeah, that's sure, my, that's my <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's I a do fantastic memory. I do remember those two goals. The first one you mentioned against Honka, the whole corner went crazy, but the one you scored against Inter was just out of this world. Like a whole part of the stadium where it had Cooks fans, it went totally nuts. Like absolutely yeah, really went that's, that's true, definitely, and. Uh, yeah, I've watched the video several times after after the goal, and it's so beautiful to see the reactions in the, in the audience because it meant so much for the for the fans as well. And they they are people who are crying already after the first goal, and then even more after the second goal. So it's yeah. so so amazing. Moving along, 
After the 2019 season, like you said, you moved to Germany and played for Ingolstadt that year. How was that experience after such a successful year in Finland? And how did it feel to debut for the national team for the first time as well? Yeah, so if I take the debut with the national team first, so after winning the championship with Coups, that's the second best moment of my career. So it was just so incredibly proud moment to stand there with the Finnish shirt on and sing the national anthem. And I get even goosebumps now when just thinking about the moment. So it was something so special. And yeah. Of course, always have dreamt about that, but still the moment when you're on the beach is something totally different. I can only imagine. Uh, I was uh, really nervous before the game, but, but then when you go on a beach, and especially when you get the first two touches and they, they go well, so then the nervous, it just goes away. Play with confidence and just enjoy the moment. It was something so so special. And yeah, quite shortly after that, I got the transfer to Ingolstadt and I was really excited the uh, first time playing abroad. And I've dreamed about that my whole life. Always wanted to be a professional football player playing abroad in uh, in a good footballing country and of course Germany is one of the biggest footballing countries in the whole world and then also in, uh, in get to a good team in there so well, I was really excited but yeah I just never really worked out during mm-hmm. my time in there I I got uh, plenty of trust at first so I played first eight nine games and I didn't play so well and also the worst thing was uh, I didn't score at all and also didn't get even any assist and because I'm a attacking player I need to do those. Yeah, it's expected. Yeah, after that, my playing time got a little bit less and uh, was found myself sitting on the bench and finally onto the stands for some reason, even though during the springtime I played, at least I thought I played quite well. The, the coaching staff didn't feel the same way, but uh, yeah, then as a team, we were playing well the last, last two games of the season and then finally earned the promotion. Mm-hmm. So they then they didn't want to change the team anymore. But yeah, it's, uh, even though we, we got the promotion in the final game, it didn't felt nowhere near the same as winning the championship with Coupe. So that was like yeah. 20 times better better feeling. Of course, it's a totally different feeling if you are into the team and playing a significant role in, in the team than just sitting on a stand. So. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, was a was a difficult year for sure. Did you have any expectations going into that year or... Was it just like going in there and doing your job? Yeah, it was, but uh, I wanted to be a star player mm-hmm. there as well because uh, when I went there, it was like just the third league. Of course, it's the it's a good league, and mm-hmm. uh, Germany is a huge footballing country. But I know that many people in Finland thought, why would he go there? It's just the third league. Yeah. So uh, of course, I wanted to prove everybody everybody wrong about that and play well. But uh, yeah, it turned out to be a really, really difficult league, and I knew that it's gonna be a difficult league. But uh, I just underperformed, to okay. be fair, and uh, I have had that problem throughout my career. Basically, that uh, when I'm playing well, everything feels so great, and I feel so confident all the time. But mm-hmm. then when I got the more difficult periods, then it's difficult to turn that face around. So that happened to me in Germany. That the first first few games didn't go so well, and then. I wasn't able to turn that, turn that around. Yeah, the snowball started to roll. Indeed, and uh, definitely did the wrong, wrong direction. So it was <laughs> yeah. just got too big. Yeah, but once one door closes, another one opens. 
Last summer, though, you headed to Scotland. Now that you lived there for a moment, how have you settled to SPL football and the new lifestyle as a whole? Yeah, so it was uh, absolutely brilliant that I got to transfer in first place because the situation in Ingolstadt was really difficult and I wanted to get out, but the transfer was was really difficult and it took a lot of time and then there were also issues with my work permit so the whole case took more than one and a half months so it was a really stressful period but then i finally got my permit uh was uh, september 10th at first two games were really difficult because the, i hadn't been playing basically at all in germany the second part of the season so I really didn't have that game fitness even though i'd been training on my own and training with the team but it's still like playing game It's totally different thing than just training. Yeah. So took the first two games for just like trying to learn to play football again. Then the third game we had a Celtic away, so a huge game, huge stadium, and also big challenge for us because Celtic is a, it's a great team. We were able to get the draw from the one one, and uh, I assisted our our goal and also played well overall. And that was like the first boost, getting to the own own level again and. Then the game after that, it was a home game against Ross County and I scored the winning goal. So I got like uh, off to the flying start in the end. And uh, after that, I, I had a really great period, played really well for the next six, seven games. And we also as a team played really well. And now for some reason, it has been a little bit more difficult the last three, four, four games. But I know that uh, things will go go well again, again soon because... Uh, I feel really confident all the time and have, have settled in really well. So the guys in the team, and so the teammates, the coaching staff and the other people also in and around the club are absolutely brilliant and helping me with everything. So it hasn't been any problem with that. And also the fan base is, is fantastic. And I I get five to ten messages each day and just has been positive all the time, even though not every game has been perfect, but so much support all the time. I would guess the aim is to win the championship, as always, and beat the mighty Celtic in the process. But now that the World Championship qualifiers are done with, and you are starting to prepare for the Nations League, what are your biggest goals as a player for the remainder of the season? Yeah, I want to help the team as, as much as possible. And uh, then also, of course, personally, my goals are somewhere else than in Scotland, even though this league is also... Uh, a great league, but I want to play in, in England for, for some day. And in order to do that, I I need to be a star player in here. And uh, I know that I can be. So that also demands more goals, more assists. And that's also my goal for the rest of the season. So, yeah, I would say six more goals, six more assists. And we will be talking about transfer to the champion during next summer. But yeah, I, I won't take too much pressure on, on that. And, Just uh, focus on giving all the best every single day and goals and assists, they will, will come back. Yeah, of course, they are really important for me, but also for the for the whole team because I'm an attacking player. And I know that the team is counting on me to provide goals and assists. So in order to do well as a team, I know that I, can, I need to do also well. Heard it here first. So place your bets, boys. Then I want to know, how does the SPL differ from, for example, Bundesliga? And what are the biggest differences between Finland, Scotland, and Germany overall when it comes to football culture and playstyle-wise? So yeah, when uh, 
uh, talking about football culture at first, uh, yeah, I must praise the football culture here in Scotland. Uh, as I said before, already, is by far the most important thing in here. And uh, I love it because basically everything is football related. It's all over the media and in the street as well. And it's also really funny. I get recognized basically everywhere I go. So it doesn't matter if it's a airport security, taxi driver or a mailman. Everybody knows who I am. So that's, Man, that's really funny. And <laughs> but yeah, it's also sourced uh, kind of passion. And it doesn't exist everywhere, that's for sure. But then in general, if comparing Finland, Scotland and, and Germany, so the countries where I've played uh, in Finland, uh, football culture is, uh, is unfortunately still way behind the other two. Of course, it's not a very fair competition because the Scotland and Germany are for sure one of the most passionate football societies in, uh, in the whole world. But still, football culture in Finland is also it's definitely going into right direction, especially the buzz around the uh, national team has been fantastic for the past two, three years. And uh, for example, the atmosphere in the sold-out Olympic Stadium in the World Cup qualification games, this autumn against Ukraine and France. Yeah, it was great. It was spectacular. Really enjoyed it. And uh, But the buzz for some reason hasn't yet been transferred into interest towards the Finnish leagues or Vekas Liga. And uh, attendances in Vekas League are usually quite small and basically only big games show people in the stands. And I know that Vekas League is not the best league in the world, of course, but I would say that the level is not that far from, for example, Swedish League. But then when you look at some Swedish League game and there are 30,000 shouting fans, it straight away gives you a feeling that this is a good league. And uh, don't get me wrong, I love Finnish football fans. They are absolutely brilliant. And for example, when I played for Cooks, I had the privilege to have a fantastic relationship with the fans and they supported me no matter what. It's just a big difference between atmospheres in those countries come from that the support and shouting comes from the whole stadium, not just from the fan section, what happens in Finland. And yeah. In Finland, it's many times that if you get even claps from somewhere else than the fan section, it has to be something special. Mm-hmm. So it's usually a goal. Yeah. That's, uh, that is something, and uh, if Finland is able to improve that and getting everybody more into the game, I think that would be the next next step towards the football society. Yeah. And yeah, then there's stuff happening on the pitch. So I have experience from four different types of competitions: so Finnish league, uh, Germany, Scottish Premiership, and then the national team games. Of course, the toughest one are the games with the national team. Just the technical level of the players is so high. After but it might be a bit surprising, but in those games, you quite often have uh, the most time with the ball because the players are so good with the ball. Opponents, they won't take crazy risk while pressing or closing down a player. Otherwise, you will get punished really easily. And I would say that's the biggest difference to, to Germany and to Scotland because both of those leagues are, are very physical, very fast, and usually also very direct. And... Uh, you won't get anything for free in those leagues. The pressure just comes so quickly. So in Germany, it was a really big shock for me at first, comparing to Finland, because in Finland, you usually have quite much time with the ball. And in Germany, the defender was already defending me when I I didn't even have the ball yet. So he was already there behind me. So it made my life quite miserable there at first. Um, But yeah, I, I generally love the Scottish way of football, so passionate on and off the pitch. And it also suits my style really well. 
as I'm really direct player who doesn't really care about Chiki Chaka or stuff like that. Yeah, I would say those are the biggest differences or similarities. And uh, even though I said uh, some not so great things maybe about Finland, but the uh, tactical side in Finland is uh, usually quite good. So the teams are mm-hmm. really well organized. Yeah. Comparing to Germany and Scotland, here it just feels like, and also in Germany, it like many of the teams, they are just running with the ball, just putting the ball in the air, and they have no tactic at all, just fighting throughout mm-hmm. the whole game. It's of course a way to play football, and I, there's no no any wrong about it. But it's a it's a big difference for Finland for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving right along, I know that you're a smart guy, so I'll throw you a small curveball here. What do you think could be the uh, the one thing that has enabled Finland to fight against the Giants in the international stage during the last few years? even though we have a very lengthy history in football as a nation? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Uh, first, I must say that I'm not an expert at this, and these are just my opinions. Yeah, me might neither. Be right of, might be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this might be right or might be totally off, off as well, but I, I'll give it a go. Of course, uh, because football is played all over the world and it's so competitive, never going to be easy to make it in major tournaments or even keep your level high when you're a small country. Mm-hmm. But that's not any excuse also. But for example, in Denmark, the population is quite the same as in Finland, but they are and also have been really good footballing country always in the Euros, many times also in the World Cup. So yeah, um, yeah I was earlier speaking about those cultural differences. And uh, I think that's also definitely one thing which affects to the level of footballing. Finland, uh, in many other countries, football is by far the most popular sport, but in Finland it's not the case. It's uh, ice hockey, skiing, track and field, all kinds of sports competing with football. And uh, if it would be the most popular sport in the country, like here in Scotland, you also most likely get the most talented young kids to play, yeah. play the sport, and uh, then you have the most money to improve your facilities and stuff like that, improve your coaching. But yeah, in Finland, the Of course, quite many young Talemikis have chosen another sport. And especially when we are a small country, every talented young kid would be needed, basically, mm-hmm. to, to make it. But uh, I think nowadays it starts to be quite even competition between football and ice hockey. Then, of course, the most important thing is uh, the national team success. The past past couple of years, it, uh, it has been decent, for sure. Finally make it to the first ever major tournament which was, of course, a massive, massive thing for the whole country. But it's also, it's definitely not the first time uh, Finland has had a decent quad. So in the beginning of the 21st century, names like Jari Littmanen, Tommy Hyypiä, like perfect players. Mm-hmm. But then just for some reason, Finland could get the best out of the whole, whole thing. Of course, we got some great results, uh, but uh, never made it to the major tournament. So... I think nowadays the Finnish squad is so well organized and coached that we can maximize every single player's potential, which is crucial because it's a fact that we don't have the best in individuals in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, to keep up the national team success is definitely a vital thing for Finnish football because it will continue to boost football status in Finland and that will lead to even, even better things for sure. Yeah, the hype is for sure growing up again. Um Do you think that climate has an effect to it as well? Like, for example, the 
extremely cold winners. Yeah, it might be at some level, but still it's not uh, any excuse mm-hmm. because uh, Iceland, for example, was able to make their way to the Euros 2016 and then also the World Cup 2018. Mm-hmm. Iceland is a way smaller country than Finland and uh, winters also there are horrific. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nowadays the facilities in Finland are quite decent. 20 years ago, there weren't even so many halls. So then thinking about uh, my career, Kirovesi, of course, there wasn't any football hall. So it was like just a sports hall where I trained mm-hmm. during the winter times. And uh, it wasn't any problem for me. When you are younger, you can easily train, even if it's not the perfect indoor yeah. pitch or perfect grass. And even your own backyard will do just fine when you are doing a technical and tripling and stuff like that. But of course, then when you get older, when you need to also be able to uh, train in a good good facilities, then then the facility thing is, uh, is important. But yeah, it might have some sort of the climate, but I, I cannot go behind it. Yeah, the motivation is is a key here, I would think, as always. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, even though you would have the best facilities in the world, the only thing that matters is your desire. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah, preach it, my bro. Going back to your own career, now with those experiences under your belt, who do you think have had the biggest impacts on your career? And I mean, from the age you started playing until this date, and also... If you had to choose one aspect that you've learned from the leagues you've played so far, what would they be? So yeah, definitely the most important person or in this case persons throughout my my career has been my my family. So the support what they they have given me throughout my my whole life is by far the most important thing. And without them, wouldn't be nowhere nowhere near here. So. Just a huge thanks for, for all of them to my my mother, my father, my my little sister, my my little brother. Mm-hmm. They are always there there for me. So it's a, just a huge respect towards them. And yeah, my father coached me throughout my whole childhood uh, until I was I was fifteen. Yeah, everything what I've learned until I was fifteen came from my dad. We trained every single day, so he was coaching the teams where I. Where I played, and then we also uh, trained just uh, just the two of us, and then with my with my sister also. So th- it didn't matter if it was uh, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or New Year's Eve. We were all always training all the indoor sports hall in Kiurovesi, so not not even in full hall. And Loving the sport. In, uh, oh, definitely, definitely, and in uh, in the sand beach during the spring time, and then. Uh, on the grass uh, during summer and it didn't matter if it was snowing or raining or we were just uh, training training like crazy and uh, really like professional training already when when I was younger so it was really really important for sure and uh, yeah my father still gives me the great advices after the game so it's a good place for a big role for for me so yeah by far the most important persons uh, is my family, and uh, then if we go go further and to my cook's career, so I will bring up a name, uh, Jani Honkavara. So he came it was uh, season two thousand seventeen. I was still at, at that point. I 
wasn't nowhere near a star player. I was a, I would say, promising youth player. I hadn't really break through yet, but Honsu gave me a big chance. And uh, during the first season, I didn't even took the chance. So I was playing uh, maybe 25 games, scoring one goal and some poor performances also definitely were there. But uh, Honsu didn't lose his uh, trust in me. So when the next season started, so 2018, I started to play well and Honsu kept on trusting me. And uh, that was a uh, it was a quite decent season, to be fair, and uh, uh, 2017 we won one silver medal with Coops and then it was a bronze medal 2018, and then came the season 2019, as we spoke already before, and the first part of the season was really difficult for me, but Honsu kept on, kept on believing me and uh, didn't even put me to the bench because he has always said to me, uh, I know that you're a great player and I know that you will, will eventually score and you are a valid asset for the team, and of course that gave me a lot of extra confidence because the coach was trusting me even though I I wasn't even trusting myself so it was yeah. just a huge part of, of my career so yeah, thanks for Honsu maybe he found this episode somewhere so. I doubt it I highly doubt it <laughs> but I have to say that you learn best through playing so I understand the point of view that's that's true definitely so even though you would be the best player always in training, but nobody sees what you do in training. And don't get me wrong, of course, training is really important. Yeah. But the only thing that matters at the end are the other games, how you do in the game. Who would see them? But yeah, of course, it's helped if you do well in training. So, yeah. Going back to the question, I would guess the one aspect that you learn from your dad is the pure hard work and the Finnish sizzle. But could you name one aspect from Hans's playbook that you learned from him? Yeah, definitely. So as I said before already, that Hansu kept on trusting me throughout the difficult periods. And uh, I wasn't the only person that Hansu did that with. So he also trusted the, the other young promising players. So Urhan Issila and uh, Saku Savolan at that point. They also had some more difficult periods, but made it true. Look at them now, Urhanisida, one of the best players in the national team. And Saku Savolan also before his injury, he was the best right back in this league. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a big chance for, for Honsu for trusting us. It is many times with young players so that they need time. And yeah. uh, I know that that's not possible in every organization, every league, but uh, that's a great thing. Oops, uh, uh, they have trusted us. Yeah. It has paid off for sure. Yeah. So trust it is. And also casually name dropping some guys. So <laughs> and we've already scratched a bit the topic of success. So what moments would you say that have been the most memorable of your career so far? I guess the first one is for sure the championship, but other any others as well? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So by far the most satisfying thing in my career so far is the Finnish Championship Cooks. It was, yeah, as I said before, just a magnificent feeling for me, for the whole team, for the whole whole city. It was so so special. I could just talk about it for, for days and parties and stuff like that also. We're going to record that episode later, so just uh, wait for definitely, that one. Definitely. <laughs> 
but yeah, then for the other proud moments. So the second best thing I would name the my national team debut for Finland in 2020 September against Wales. So of course I've dreamed about playing for Finland for several years and I was tired already. Then it finally happened and uh, already the first first game I was in starting lineup playing as a right wing back. So that was also like a bit weird position for me. So I was quite nervous before the game and then I saw the lineups. And uh, Wales's lefty side was uh, was Ben Davis from Tottenham as a left fullback, and then Daniel James from Man United as a left winger. So I thought it's gonna be a tough day for Imi Imi from Cooks in there. But mm-hmm. yeah, then the game started and uh, it went really well. So I didn't feel nervous at all and uh, got some great great things and uh, was able to bring my attacking game also to the the pitch and it just uh, gave me so big confidence boost that uh, playing with the Premier League players in here or against Premier League players yeah. I can do exactly the same things as in Finnish League so it was just a mm-hmm. perfect moment yeah that's so cool um if you listen to the 25th episode you probably know that I spoke about my own struggles in the context of injuries related to mental health so with that in mind, what moments do you feel like have been the most teaching as well as toughest times of your career thus far? So yeah, I, I listened to, to that episode and uh, I could totally relate to those, those things. So it's a tough time physically, but also mentally when you're injured. And uh, let's go through of some of my injuries. So I had absolutely no injuries at all before my first major injury and it was a big one that happened basically at the same time when I moved to Corpio and first time living alone also I just turned 16. I was out for six months because of back problems the first four months with with my running but uh, for some reason actually I was able to stay quite positive but I also I didn't put enough effort in the rehab and uh, after six months I was back on the beach and didn't do so well totally ignore doctor's orders of keeping good care of my body as well. So then in the end of season 2014, so only four months after being fit, I felt a similar back pain again. Absolutely horrible feeling. That time I was totally devastated. Uh, I tried to push it through for a month or two, but had to give up. The pain was just too bad. And then we took the MRI and same diagnosis again, six months out. And yeah, at that time I wasn't able to stay positive and it was a really mm-hmm. tough time. And for sure, I I remember I was just playing PlayStation every night until it was 3 or 4 a.m. and didn't really care, mm-hmm. care so much. But uh, that was also like wake-up call I needed. And uh, after that, I, I finally learned to take good care of my body and do everything as well, well as possible. And uh, I pushed myself back to the beach in good shape and uh, after the second back injury I haven't had a single back problem ever since and uh, I still do the exercises amongst of many others of course that the physiotherapist gave me to keep the back pain away yeah those were two pre-seasons missed in a row but uh, yeah, of course they had to be a third third time then and uh, but that was something totally different so 
I will keep the story short because it's a it's a really long one. But uh, we have time. In January. <laughs> in uh, January two thousand sixteen, uh, a tumor was found in my brain, and it wasn't any bad kind of tumor. And uh, brilliant doctors of Tussaud uh, Hospital in Kuopio took fantastic care of me, and the tumor was successfully removed in February two thousand sixteen. So one month later. And I was back on the beach already in May, so the recovery was uh, unbelievably fast. And for me, for some reason, that might have actually been the easiest injury to handle. Uh, I didn't stress it, and I just knew that everything uh, will go well, and gladly did also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then also in, uh, in playing-wise, I've had really difficult periods as well, for sure. And one particular that comes in mind is my 11-month period without scoring a league goal for, for Cooks despite playing all the games. So that was uh, starting in uh, autumn 2018 and lasted until the July of 2019. So it was, mm -hmm. it was horrible. I had so many chances to score and just in going. And you know, the perf performances weren't definitely great either. Stress was, was really big. Sounds like my career. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the last season in Germany was a big disappointment. Uh, Zero goals the whole year and also poor performances. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, that type of person that I, football is uh, so important to me that it gives me the best and also the worst possible feeling. So I, mm -hmm. I hate myself after a bad game so much and I've tried to improve it and spoke about it a lot with, uh, with people and with uh, psychologists also as well. But it's still quite problematic myself and it's like, and I know yeah. the, Self-criticism is uh, also a good thing in a way, but uh, it can be also a bad thing. Yeah, even though I, I said uh, all those those problems, but uh, I have still loved every single second as uh, as a footballer. And difficulties there are just part of the sport, and yeah, the good things wouldn't feel so good without the problems doing the way. Yeah, those push you forward. I can totally relate to you regarding the two back injuries, but it's so nice to hear all these stories because they don't get to the press. So if you don't know the person, you might never hear about these injuries. If you are not like a super fan who watches all the all the latest news and injury reports. So thanks for sharing. That's that's pretty touching subject. Yeah, of course, I wanted to share this because I know that everybody will have uh, or have had problems throughout their careers. And as you also well said in your, your episode that it will help some some people, maybe. Say these stories that then then people won't feel like they are alone with the injuries, and uh, will always on a brighter day. Uh, mm -hmm. You have power to fight through it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, moving on, we all know, or at least should know, that you're an absolute mutant with bodybuilder's physique. So let's talk about that. What goes into your off-season training and what are the key aspects overall that you guys focus on? Because I thought that we trained a lot with weights in hockey, but seemingly we just should have opted your routines to get some muscle. God damn. <laughs> That's definitely true. Uh, yeah, I, I must start with the... Thinking about my own routines because uh, I'm not a typical football player, to be fair. And 
Well, that's an understatement. <laughs> but yeah, I've trained a lot throughout my whole life, of course, uh, mainly football. But I have put a lot of effort into my physical side also already when I was just a kid. And uh, I had a running coach since I was 10, a guy called Tapari Turunen, former sprinter and the Finnish champion on 100 meters. And uh, we did a lot of running technique and coordination with paid off straight away. And then in the age of 15, we started to work with weights and I just immediately fell in love with the gym workouts. And I was also, and still am, that type of guy who gains muscles really easily. And I think you also remember that from, from high school days. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it was really effective and my results and weights kept on getting bigger and bigger. But unfortunately, my body just couldn't handle it. And that led to my, my back injuries. And yeah, it was only only my fault because I was nowhere near the professional I am today uh, who treats his body as well as, as possible. But uh, back in the days, I never did any stretching, for example. And it was only funny for me when I tried to touch my toes with straight knees and was maybe 20 centimeters away. So I missed uh, three prisons in a row after, after those injuries. And then also, I didn't train nowhere near as much as I used to after the injuries, maybe because I was scared that it will happen again or for some reason, I, I don't even yeah. remember or know. But uh, then I finally realized that it isn't enough if I want to really break through because I also had to poor season personally. Uh, so I had to change something. And uh, After the 2017 season, I picked up my phone and rang to my old running coach, Tapani, and Asked for his help and glad he was willing to help and he planned me a perfect off-season fitness program. So when the others went to holiday after the season, I went to Kiuruvesi to train alone and under Tapani supervision. Mainly speed, mainly strength for six weeks. Really hard training. I I loved every single second of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, after that, I felt like a brand new man. And 2018 season ended up being by far the best season of of my Coupe's career so far, but I wanted more. So again, after the season, I, I called Tapani and he planned me a new program. Again, six weeks, just the physical work. And guess what? Again, faster, stronger, the better athlete overall. Yeah. So this is a positive snowball effect. 2019 season, again, the best season of my career so far. And after that season, the preseason ended up being really long because of the first COVID break. So I was able to do my mic program even even more. So then when the league finally started in July, I was dominating the league. And uh, after the 13 games, I, I had made my debut with the national team and being sold to Germany. So in a nutshell, I, I absolutely love physical training and uh, physicality is definitely one of my biggest strengths as a player. So I rely so much to my speed, to my stamina and to my explosion on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Well, that for sure shows. Um, how does the off-season training differ from training you guys do during the actual season? Like, of course, it depends on the week if you have many games and stuff. But I guess you can point out the biggest differences in training routines between these two. Yes, for sure. And uh, there are also like huge differences between countries uh, with the preseason training. So, because in Finland the preseason is most likely the longest in the world. It lasts uh, over five months, so we didn't usually had so tough pre-seasons with coops. But uh, then my last season there, it was 
for something else. We got the new coach, a Norwegian guy, and he made us run. And oh boy, we also ran with and without the ball and on a treadmill or on the field. And yeah, especially the runs on a treadmill were crazy tough, usually four times four minutes. And you just needed to run as fast as you can. Always two minutes break in between. And I literally wanted to throw up over every single set. So it was just putting the full effort in. But I also have to say, I, I kind of love it in a, in a sick way. So just torturing myself, but it's it's just so good feeling after after you're finished with the runs, even though you're physically hurting, but yeah. just mentally you're like so so happy that I made it made it through again. But yeah, usually the preseason in Finland are because of the length, it's not so intense, and it's actually the rhythm is quite similar as in, in the normal season, and uh, we played a lot of friendlies and stuff like that. But then we compare that to Germany, it's totally different. Preseason is only a little bit over one month, so there are so many things had to be done in a short period. Mm -hmm. uh, during the last preseason, we basically every session was two and a half hours. And uh, many times we also came back for the afternoon session. And just the weather is crazy, usually summertime in Germany and especially in southern Germany. So yeah. many times plus 30 or even more. So when I was checking my weight before and after training, uh, before training, I was usually around 80 kilos. And then after the training, maybe 75. So it was huge amount of liquid lost during the training. Absolute crazy. I was sweating so much always. So then need to spend the rest of the day just drinking water. So unbelievable. But yeah, the hardest parts in the sessions were usually small-sided games in Germany. It was usually five against five, four times five minutes. So intense. Everybody wanted to win. Yeah. You couldn't just breathe after that. But it's also, as I said, after the treadmill runs, it's so satisfying feeling when you see that the others get tired, but you still have power to push it through and then you score the goal and all the feeling is almost when you're scoring in a game. Yeah. It's so satisfying feeling. Few screws are loose, that's for sure. Um, I have to ask you, which one do you prefer? The long off-seasons or the shorter ones? That's a great question because I love also training alone, as you yeah, probably now know after telling mm -hmm. all the training with uh, with Japan. So, but yeah, of course, the greatest part of football is playing it. So, I must say the short pre-season. One month intense work and then you start the game. So, yeah, on the other hand, I, I love also the, the long pre-season. Yeah, a complete maniac. But now that we've covered that topic... I'm going to ask you one more question about training and you need to answer me honestly, okay? Are you the strongest guy in the national team? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question for sure. Oh. At least the most ripped one. No, definitely, definitely. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Humble brag, boys. <laughs> I might say actually my back squad might be, might be the best because uh, that's the my strength, so I have so much power in the legs. Mm -hmm. But the upper body, even though it looks strong, but it's actually it's not so strong, <laughs> to be mm -hmm. fair. So. <laughs> I'm sure you got the biggest thighs. Am I right? No, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. No doubt about <laughs> it. I heard somewhere that Wayne Rooney was your idol growing up, but 
who else did you idolize growing up and which teams were your favorites? I would guess Manchester United, but I'm gonna let you answer it to this one yourself. You're absolutely right. I've loved Wayne Rooney throughout my my life and uh, he's by far my biggest idol. And of course he was a brilliant player, but I also loved his character on the pitch. So he was always giving the full effort in and uh, tackling so well and mm-hmm. just a brilliant leader on and off the pitch. So yeah. But yeah, idols after Wayne Rooney, it's a it's a difficult question for sure. Uh I don't like the comparison between Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi because the both are terrific players, absolutely brilliant. But uh, I like Ronaldo, so yeah. Well, that's exactly why you are in this podcast. Yeah, I know. I know. I had to say it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I get you. Going, Messi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you. It's like comparing Ovechkin to Crosby; they're totally different breeds. So, I get you. That's true, true, true. But what about the team? Yeah, I was a big Man United fan when I was I was younger. So I think it started around 2007. So uh, that time, I think me and my father, we had a bet. Like if I keep the ball in the air for 100 shots, then we would get the Canal Plus, which showed all the Premier League games. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not 2007, no, no, no. 2004 maybe. Yeah. So I was seven. Yeah, that. That adds, adds up quite well. So, yeah, we got the Canal Plus and started towards Premier League. And then I just fell in love with Man United. And uh, I was just uh, such a hardcore fan that uh, I used to cry always when Man United lost. And But luckily that didn't happen so often. So I was mm-hmm. happy most of the time. But Yeah, but that's why yeah. you compensate with the Devils. <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> Then when I grew old, it some, somehow faded away throughout when, okay. I, when I get them getting older. Okay. Um, I already asked you what your goals were for this season, but what are your real goals for the future? And before you answer, I want to tell you that I myself see my wishes being more sort of goals that I want to achieve. And I will eventually only pick out the ones that I desire the most. So. With that in mind, I hope for this question you do the same, and the higher you could aim, the better. No matter how unrealistic you think those goals might be, you can reach those goals. So, let's hear those. That's really well said, uh, Jay. And uh, yeah, my my goal is definitely to play in the English Premier League at at some day. It's the toughest league in the world, and now when I play here in Scotland, I'm in a perfect place to go go to England, and I know that. Plenty of English teams, they watch Scottish Premiership really closely. And uh, most likely the next step would be English Championship, which is also a really tough league. And then if you do well in English Championship, there is a high possibility that some Premier League team will will pick you. And uh, one one goal is definitely to play for some team which is managed by, by Wayne Rooney. And Wayne is uh, at the moment managing uh, Derby County, which play, plays for English Championship. So I'm just hoping, hoping to do well in, in Scotland now and for, for Dundee United. And then Wayne will look at my games and oh, see that all oh, this Niskan is a terrific play. We, we want him. But that would be a dream come true. And then maybe Man United will watch our games and 
take take both of us. So Wayne as a, as a manager and then me as a player to, to Man United in, in year 2027. Let's go with that. Sounds extremely good. And oh. I have to say one one more thing to, mm-hmm. to that also. Definitely want to play in a World Cup with, with Finland for one time or, or two times or three. So that would be definitely a dream come true. And uh, yeah, Finland made to to the Euros last summer, but unfortunately I wasn't able to get to the squad after a bad time in, in Germany. But would be so so amazing to represent Finland in the, in the major tournament. Yeah, we would love to see that. Has there been this kind of surreal moment for you where you've had to pinch yourself to realize that you're actually playing in a certain stadium or against a player that you used to look up to? So, yeah, definitely. The ace and the first thing that comes to mind is uh, first national team game against Wales and playing as a right wing back against those Premier League guys and so shocking to see the lineup and then see the teams <laughs> and oops and Manchester United and, and Tottenham there. So it's something mm-hmm. truly amazing. Yeah, then the other time uh, was uh, when we were playing against France one year ago in November. Paris in started France, so that's also the most beautiful stadium I've I've ever played. It's massive and uh, so beautiful inside and outside. And it was just surreal feeling to be on a pitch. And then we also managed to beat France 2-0, so fantastic result, even though it was just a friendly, but still yeah. like massive, massive result. And uh, players like Paul Bogba and Antoine Griezmann there and it's just something you cannot really describe yeah. then it's also really weird, weird that uh, when you're on a pitch it doesn't feel weird at all so it feels like yeah it's just a normal game and, uh, normal guys in there and, but then before and after games you know, it's the feeling that both of these guys make billions mm-hmm. yeah those are definitely the two moments that, that will come in, come in mind at first Yeah, that's so weird to hear that from you. Like when you watch those guys on TV and you see that Paul Pogba is playing in Premier League, it doesn't like affect you in any way because you're expecting it. But when you think of a player that was playing in Vegas Liga one or two years ago, and now he's playing against Paul Pogba and they they are winning the game, it's it's a totally different ball game. At least it for me, I would say. Yeah, true. Definitely, but uh, yeah, the differences in the end are aren't so big. Of course, if you compare Beckham's Liga to Premier League, it's a massive difference. Yeah. But uh, then in the end, if you take the best players from Beckham's Liga and put them in the field against uh, France, maybe when it's only one game, anything can happen. Yeah. It's always like the great thing in sports that nothing is ever granted. Mm-hmm. You have to have to be your best all the time and. If the other guys are giving maybe 70% in a friendly and you are putting the whole 100% in, it's a great chance that you will beat those guys. Yeah. What has been your absolute favorite stadium to play in? You already mentioned Stade France, which is underrated stadium. And if we count out Tanadise Park, Audi Sports Park, Olympia Stadium in Helsinki, and of course Keskuskenta or Vare Arena, here in Kuopio, what has been the the one for you? Yeah, it's a great question. I've had some beautiful stadiums in my career for sure, especially Germany and in Scotland also. But I will choose Celtic Park. It's a massive stadium with uh, 
one of the most fanatic fan bases in the whole Europe, I think. So, yeah, playing in there, and uh, that was my third game in, in Scotland. And when we scored a goal in there, it was just a, like a wholesome moment. There was just so much noise before that goal because Celtic had just scored two minutes before mm-hmm. he scored the equaliser. So it was so special when the whole crowd went silent. Beautiful moment. And I, I also I didn't realize at first that we scored, even though I, I assisted a goal, but still didn't know that it went in the net because it was so silent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a beautiful stadium overall. That's understandable. Speaking of which, I've always been curious of how does it feel to play in front of tens of thousands of people? Can you describe those feelings? Yeah, it's truly special and it's a totally different game when playing in front of let's say 30,000 than in front of 1,000. So it's a huge difference. And it gives so much extra energy when you're on a pitch. And uh, of course, like simple things that you are always able to shout at other people when you are playing in Vekas Liga. So you can always shout, turn, watch out. The coach can always shout whatever he wants from the bench. But then when you're playing in Saradise Park, in Celtic Park, you cannot hear anything. So... You try to scream to the player who is five meter to you, and he, he won't hear you. Mm-hmm. And same is, same is with the coach. And that's also kind of a good thing, I think, that players cannot hear the coach all the time because some of the coaches, of course, they, they shout quite much during the game. It's, and it's not always good for the, for the players to hear all the stuff that the coaches shouting. So that's a positive thing also, for sure. Yeah. It should come from your spine at that level. Or at least that Indeed. what I think, yeah. That's true, definitely. And the last thing I want to ask you about football is, how did you end up with Puma as your cleat sponsor? Oh, that's, that's a great one also. So when I moved to Coops uh, and I was uh, 16, so Coops had been working with Puma, Puma a lot and for long already. So I also changed to Puma. and. Uh, yeah, ever since I, I've played with, with Puma and uh, also now the final, I would say, three, four years, Puma have uh, improved really well. So the shoes at the moment are great and uh, I really, really liked them a lot. And um, when I was playing for, for Coops, I, I always got the shoes, Puma shoes for free from, from Coops. And uh, then I got the transfer to, to Ingolstadt and then I was thinking, where I'm going to the got the boots now. And then luckily at the same time, the Puma wanted to work with me and then I signed for time with Puma for, for two years and they, they sent me the great great boots and other stuff also throughout the year. So it's a big big help for me that I, I won't have to stress that where I'm going to get my, my boots and stuff like that. And those are actually my boots now. They are really, really beautiful. It's a Finnish flag on the other side and then it's mm-hmm. my name on the other side. So it's a bit personalized okay. item also. So it's, it's nice. Is it otherwise customized or... Uh, otherwise, it's the same as, uh, as, the, as the other ones. Okay. I mentioned already that you are a multi-talent when it comes to sports. So what other sports do you enjoy besides football? So I love sports overall. Uh, I used to play ice hockey for, for six years when, when I was younger. I also used to do track and field, so sprinting and long jumping. And yeah, nowadays I, I enjoy to watch basically whatever happens to be on TV and uh, close attention after football I pay on ice hockey I, I like it a lot 
I don't actually watch it so much anymore, but I love all kind of stats uh, as I as I have loved throughout my my whole life. And uh, for the past few years, I've played uh, with my friends uh, fantasy NHL and Finnish ice hockey league, so I know every score, every player, every lineup. And uh, I think about my team and possible changes to it in a daily basis. So I'm I'm really addicted into it in a good way. And uh, yeah, then I also started to follow NFL a couple of years back, and then of course started to play NFL fantasy as well with my with my friends. And uh, yeah, at the moment I know quite a lot of NFL as well. And uh, yeah, then after the these three sports comes darts. I I love to play darts. I love to watch it. In Germany, I had the dartboard at home and used to always play it. Actually, just yesterday I bought one here in Scotland as well. So oh. after we finish finish this uh, podcast, I will will definitely start to play darts again. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a one of my dream is uh, to see darts world championship live at at some moment because the, the atmosphere is just spectacular in there and the audience is having so much fun all the time, drinking beer and chanting this uh, brilliant football football chance in there and it's uh, brilliant to see but also from from tv yeah well i have to be honest i wasn't expecting that that caught me off guard i have to say um and at this point you probably know that this podcast is mostly based around hockey so we have to cover that front as well so i've heard some rumors but let's hear the whole story position handedness play style and the player you would compare yourself to Love to speak on that that area as well. So, yeah, I started ice hockey when I was six, and my career lasted for six years. I played as a defenseman. Uh, I was lefty, great skater. I think by far the fastest in our our team, and uh, decent passing skills as well. So I was really good at opening the game. And uh, mm-hmm. of course, the level which I played wasn't the highest possible. So played with Juroveden Kiekko, Pasiuks. Shout out. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but uh, also definitely it's not the lowest. At, at least I think that. So yeah. I will say that I was a quite good player. And I scored some beautiful coast-to-coast highlight reel goals. and uh, mm-hmm. Like we all do. <laughs> with just uh, uh, my, my ex-roommate and uh, also my ex-teammate. So... And Knutin, who plays plays for Kalpa, Kalpa now, he always said said to me that I couldn't even lift a puck when I was playing. Mm-hmm. So he was always mocking my shooting skills. Uh, maybe he was jealous. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, maybe we have to fact check that one. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, I must admit that my my shot wasn't the hardest one, so I couldn't even lift my slap shot. That I mm-hmm. have to be honest. So yeah, it only use my wrist shot. Okay, if you're good enough skater, you don't have to know how to shoot. Yeah, but you I can... also didn't know how to dribble, so... <laughs> <laughs> Fast first guy. But yeah, so, so many great memories from my ICT career as well. And if I need to choose one one player which I would compare myself to, I will go with uh, uh, Roman Yossi from, from National Predators. So I'd mm-hmm. say a pretty similar type of type of all, all-around player, so great attacking skills and great defensive skills as well. So I'm going to go with, go with Roman. Yeah, humble Norris caliber defenseman. <laughs> Indeed. 
And I know for a fact that you're a huge New Jersey Devils fan. So explain how that came about and how hard it has been to admit that you support the Devils. And people listening to this can't actually see your jersey, but tell us what you're wearing. So yeah, New Jersey Devils, what a beautiful team. I'm rocking here with Travis Jacek's number 19 shirt. Uh, brilliant player. I used to love him. Love him a lot. Uh, great leader for the team for, for many years. And uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly how I began to like Devils, but it was around uh, season 2004-2005. I used to read about a lot uh, about the NHL already back then and followed all the scores in the morning. And uh, I remember also I, I used to play, it was I think NHL 2001 with my mom's old computer and Back then, yeah, so already 2004-2005, so the game game was quite old, but I fell in love with the New Jersey Devils, and uh, I think my most fanatic period was from 2015 to 2018. I know that uh, Devils didn't do well during the time. I I just love to play as Travis J, Jack, uh, Anna Henrique, Blake Coleman, just to name a few. And uh, every morning when I woke up, I went to Devils' website. With my eyes just a little bit open, so I was able to press the highlights open uh, without knowing the actual score. So then I could relive the game without knowing the score. So it was always so so tension, and I was mm-hmm. uh, so happy when they managed to win every seventh game. Mm-hmm. So exactly, yeah, <laughs> it was a difficult time for sure. But uh, yeah, then for some reason after that. Around 2018, my fanatism went away a little bit. And uh, nowadays, of course, I still love the Devils, but I don't, I don't follow the highlights so closely as I used to before. So if there happens to be a loss, I'm not totally devastated. And after the win, I'm not screaming like crazy in here. So mm-hmm. I love Devils, and I always will love, but not the same way as as before. Well, I have to say that that Travis Ajax jersey is. Straight up brutal, but let's move on from that. It's, um, the, it's the most beautiful shirt in the world. Yeah. Let's leave it oh, at that. That will, that will get cut off, I, I know. I know. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, Did you have any other teams you were a fan of growing up, or have you always been just a Devils fan? Yeah, just a Devils fan. So, yeah, couldn't even name for second favorite because it's always has been only devils and uh, any teams yeah, you absolutely would, hate i won't say that absolutely hate them but i don't like the rangers at all so mm-hmm. of course there's a big rivalry between yeah. devils and the, the rangers but yeah it's not not hate but if i would need to say one team that i don't like it's gonna be Rangers for sure i know one guy that will absolutely pummel you with direct messages after this episode so Be prepared. I will. <laughs> um, how about today's game? Who are like your favorite players? And also, is there a player that you absolutely just can't stand? Yeah, that's a that's a good one for sure. My favorite player in the game at the moment is Adam Henrique for for Anaheim Ducks, and of course that comes from his time from New Jersey Devils. Yeah. Uh, brilliant player, brilliant all-round player, and Very I think underrated. he's really, yeah, that's 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 definitely the case, and yeah, still a great player, and I follow him closely, even though he plays for Anaheim Dow, 
uh, he's the number one guy for me. And uh, yeah, of course, I enjoy watching players like Conor McDavid for sure, and mm-hmm. uh, Mason McKinnon and the yeah. like absolute star players. It's just so so beautiful to watch. But uh, then I like a lot uh, Trevor Sagres from from Anaheim. Also, mm-hmm. it's a, a he's great, a beauty. great player. Oh, magnificent player. And uh, then as uh, I compared myself to Roman Yossi there mm-hmm. earlier, yeah, I have to say he's a, he's a brilliant player. Yeah. Any players you just can't stand? I would maybe have to go with Brad Marchand because of the tricks he does in a regular basis. So yeah, I get it. I, I know that he's a, he's a great player, but uh, mm-hmm. those things what he does, it's not only like one or two times it's you know, a little bit more, so uh, the dirty play for sure. Yeah, P.K. Subban has been the number one guy in the headlines for the past couple of weeks, so we might have to come back to this question later on <laughs> if, if this trend continues. <laughs> but but the last question concerning the NHL is who will win the Stanley Cup this year? What would be your guess? Mm, I will say that... Uh... This year is going to be Carolina Hurricanes this year. So it's a great team overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are, they are doing so well. And it's, uh, it just seems like uh, every line they have taken produce points. Yeah. And uh, of course, the star players also with Aho and Teravainen uh, and uh, Svechnikov. Uh, yeah. And D'Angelo has it's, been great on their blue line. Oh, that, that's true, definitely. definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be difficult for sure for Carolina, but I will... I will name them for my favorites to win Stanley Cup, at least at this point of the season. Who will they match up against? They will match up against uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. I think Vegas also is a really strong team, especially now with players coming back from the injuries and just so quality players. Mm -hmm. Of course, the goaltending is uh, slightly problematic. Mm -hmm. And if if they can... At the moment, yeah. So if they can improve that area or Lena gets uh, gets to find form, yeah. I think they will they will go, go a long way in the playoffs. Well, I just received an urgent message from my producer that I had to mention your musical abilities. I just heard that you are a master keyboard player. So <laughs> tell the backstory behind that one. Any go-to songs maybe related to Pirates of the Caribbean by any chance? <laughs> oh, that's so fantastic. Unbelievable, yeah. I think it was uh, April 2019. For some reason, I got myself a keyboard. I had never played it in my whole life, and I have no musical abilities whatsoever, so I'm a horrible singer. <laughs> uh, I cannot play the keyboard, honestly, at all. And then... I got this idea that with uh, Henka, so with Henrik Knudsen, we were roommates back then, that we will shoot a video to, to my Instagram that uh, Piratas the Caribbean is playing on the background from Henka's phone, and then I will play the keyboards, pretending to play the mm-hmm. Piratas the Caribbean, and then I publish it, and I don't know <laughs> why, why I did that, but I, I guess it felt funny at that point, but ah. <laughs> nice time for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, moving to the last part of this episode. Um, 
I want to ask you some rapid fire questions before we head to our last part of this interview. So you're going to be on the clock here and we need quick answers. I got only nine questions, so don't sweat it too much. Are you ready? That's great. Looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Bring it on. Let's begin. Favorite board game growing up? Oh, jeez. I, I used to love board games. Uh, difficult to name one. I will go with the uh, African Dad. Quite controversial one, but I'll take that. Um, <laughs> number two, your most listened artists on Spotify. If you don't know, just guess based on your taste. Yeah, I know actually from the Spotify rap uh, from yeah. last week, so it was Ivege. Third one, favorite pre-game meal? Oh, it has to be chicken pasta. It's always chicken pasta. Yeah, that's obvious. Um, Champions League winner this year? Oh, tough one. Mm, Man City. All right. Oh, uh, I will change Liverpool. Okay, then. Cool it is. Um, Movie you could watch over and over again. Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Three. Absolutely love them. So good. Absolute geek. Um, favorite <laughs> skill move? Oh, I don't have any to be fair. So, uh, body faint. Body <laughs> One star skill move. Fake, you heard it shot. here first. Oh, actually, <laughs> actually, fake shot. That's, fake uh, shot. that's a beauty. Right. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, favorite Finnish athlete? No boundaries, present or past. Great question. Give me a reckon. The Iceman. The penultimate, this is one or the other question, so just pick one. Low socks or long sleeves? Low socks. And the last one, your celebrity crush. Oh, whoa. That's a tough one, sure. Oh, dear. Yeah, so... Uh, I will uh, just tell a short backstory here. Mm -hmm. because Go ahead. My favorite TV series has uh, always been Friends. Um, yeah, of course, uh, all the characters are brilliant, but uh, I will go with Rachel and with Jennifer Aniston. I'll accept that one. Pa <laughs> passed with flying colors, my man. Um, our last piece will be the trademark of this podcast for the guest episodes. So you're going to be the one to set the bar for this segment. I'm going to need you to think about your former teammates or present teammates, doesn't really matter, because you're going to need them in this next part. It will be a three-piece, and this will be the last one. All right? All right. So here we go. There are three different scenarios. And I need you to name three of your former or present teammates and only one for each category. And the only restriction is that it has to be your former or present teammate. Understood. Either in the domestic leagues or on the international stage. And also you are involved in each scenario, so keep that in mind. Some brief explanations for each selection would be in place as well. But that's pretty much all I have for you. Okay. So the scenarios are backpacking to Russian wilderness, meaning some sort of survival scenery, 
The second one is road trip across the United States from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast by car. And the last one is who would be your travel guide in Bangkok, Thailand? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I will think about this for for a moment. Mm -hmm. Take your time, buddy. All right. So the first is the, to the wilderness mm -hmm. and uh, the travel buddy there. So I will pick up uh, Erasmus Karjalainen, my former teammate from Kupsa, and then mm -hmm. also teammate from from the national team. Rasse now plays in in Helsingborg in in Sweden. But, uh, yeah, then a short explanation for that. Mm -hmm. uh, at first, Rasse is a terrific company, so it will be so much fun with him in the, in there, and uh, he knows also so much about all kind of stuff. So. Yeah. He knows about the possible dangers in the wilderness, and mm -hmm. that's uh, that's important for sure. And uh, yeah, he also like uh, he's uh, I would say slightly crazy, so he will be able to push it through, and then I will just follow him uh -huh. behind him. So he will take all the all the hits yeah. for me. I'm gonna go with Rasse on that, and then the road trip uh, from west coast to east coast. I will I will go there with uh, Saku Savolainen. So mm -hmm. again, former teammate from Coops, and uh, I've been on road trip with Saku uh, a couple of times before in in Finland. So I have uh, already experience from that area with him, and Saku also is a terrific guy. And any specialities? Uh, yeah, we have a similar set of uh, music. So for example, mm -hmm. so one trip to under twenty national team to Erikla, so just, uh, maybe six hours to both directions, yeah. and. Uh, we just listened to uh, Radio Suomiapop all the time. And then at that point, it was uh, Paolo Vesalas, Älä tuu droppaamutunnelma, was always in the radio. We just uh, loved that song so much. Beautiful song. We are going to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, enough but, uh, of yeah, that one. Uh, just uh, two more things yeah. for Saku. And uh, Saku is also is a terrific driver. So I've been uh, going with him to training many times. and now know that uh, he won't crash our car and he's a really reliable driver and uh, yeah i i don't have a license so saku needs to drive the drive the whole way so i know that mm -hmm. he can do it and the last one yeah to then the last one to bangkok and uh, i will take my travel guide this is again a former coach teammate irinissinen a great guy mm -hmm. we've been friends for so long and uh, yeah i think he actually haven't been to thailand yet but i maybe he has uh, i don't know but still uh, we have to fact he, check that one yeah definitely definitely but he has been traveling a lot in uh, different countries so he, he knows a lot and uh, yeah he's just uh, crazy and a funny guy and uh, yeah i know that i will have a lot of fun with him there and uh, yeah, great guy to be around with. Oh, definitely, definitely. So I will, I will pick Yuri as my travel guide to Bangkok. Nice trio you have there. Oh, all from perfect trio. All Finnish guys. But that's pretty much all I have for you. Thank you so much for coming and participating into this journey. Oh, it was, it was my pleasure. We had so much fun. It was, yeah, it was great. It's been an honor 
to have you as my first guest. All the best for you and the Dundee United for the remainder of the season. And hopefully we see you in the white and blue again next summer. Anything you want to say before we sign off? Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me to be the first guest. It means means a lot to me and it's great, great honor to be here with you. And uh, yeah, as I said, it has been a great time for yeah. for sure now for the past past hours. I have truly enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, we won't mention yeah. the hours. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all the best for you and all the best for the every beautiful listener of this podcast as well and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Absolutely. Once again, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you and hopefully we can have you back someday because I know that we could have gone so much further if we had the time. But thank you so much for tuning in and best of luck for the remainder of the season and also Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you so much. Oh, what a guy, I have to say. Such a humble professional with great personality and I'm extremely proud to call him as my friend and the first guest of this podcast, of course. I hope that we established a nice balance between funny topics and the more serious ones. And as you probably saw, there were some serious stories behind his success, but those are the moments which define you as a person Do you just step back and moan about the setbacks or do you take a stance and work around those issues? And as I said, it was an absolute blast to record this one and I have to admit that we talked longer than the 90 minutes I had recorded so we have to get him back at some point to discuss about the things we talked before I pressed the record button. All in all, a fine ending for this year. And don't worry, I will publish at least one more episode before the New Year's Eve and most likely it is going to concern the upcoming U20s if nothing drastic happens during the next few weeks. As always, hope you enjoyed this episode and leave your comments to my social media if you loved or hated this holiday special episode. If I'm not able to publish the next episode before the Christmas Eve, I guarantee you that it is going to be out before we head to 2022. I don't have anything else to add, so have an awesome week, buddy. And if this episode ends up being the last one before Christmas, have a very peaceful Christmas. Stay tuned, stay safe. Until next time. All right.